You know, we can often let the cross fade into culture, fade into the background. You know, you have cross necklaces, you have crosses on tattoos, you have crosses on t-shirts, and the cross becomes such a familiar kind of style piece that we don't take time to really look at it. Today, I want to talk to you about when I look at the cross, I see, and three things that I see when I look at the cross. Again, you can just go so fast in life. It's like, oh yeah, there's the cross. It's in stained glass windows. It's somewhere on a church property, and it's just kind of out there somewhere. People even wear it that don't even know Jesus. It's just kind of a stylish thing. But what happened on this cross matters. And when you take time to look at it, you take time to let God give you revelation about it, your faith grows and it changes your life. That's my prayer over the next two weeks, is that we take time and we look at the cross, that we stop, stop just racing from thing to thing, stop just going from place to place, and we look and consider ponder and let faith come to our hearts about what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. <sighs> Open your Bibles, if you would, please, to the book of Galatians, chapter 6. Galatians, chapter 6. Galatians in the New Testament. For those of you that are new to your Bible, if you don't know where it is, you go to the table of contents. It'll tell you where to find it. The Bible's broken into chapter and verse. And so we're going to go to chapter 6, look at verse 14. Chapter 6, verse 14. The Apostle Paul speaking, he says, As for me, may I never boast. Some translations say glory. May I never boast or glory about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is a powerful statement, amen? Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified and the world's interest in me also died. But I want to think about that. Paul said, when I think about the cross, he says, I will never boast or glory about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know the Apostle Paul could have boasted about a lot of things? The Apostle Paul could have boasted about his education. He was a very well-educated man. He could have boasted about his religious service. He was a Pharisee among Pharisees. He kept the law as best as anyone could have kept the law. Paul could have boasted about his heritage. Paul could have boasted about so many things, but he said, I'm not going to boast about any of that. If I boast about anything, I'm going to boast about the cross of Jesus Christ because that matters more to me than my education. It matters more to me than my heritage or my pedigree or my bank account or any fame on this planet. If I glory or I boast about anything, I'm gonna boast about what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And if you see me, I pray that I disappear into that message of the cross and that you don't sit there and brag on Paul because you don't, I'm not boasting about Paul. I'm not making a name brand of Paul. I'm here to point you to Jesus and what Jesus Christ did on that cross. Amen. And it was interesting because he could have also boasted or shared or gloried in a lot of the things that Jesus did, a lot of time periods in Jesus' life. He could have boasted about or gloried in the miracles of Jesus or in the teachings of Jesus 
or in other parts, Jesus' character or Jesus' social you know, concern and all those things are great and Jesus does do miracles and he is the healer and he's the deliverer and he cared for the poor and he did all these things. But Paul, when, he's, when he pointed out one thing he wanted to glory and one thing he wanted to focus on, one thing he wanted to boast about when it came to Jesus, it wasn't Jesus the miracle worker, it was Jesus's cross that Paul said, I want that to be the thing that comes first and foremost into our mind. That to become the thing that we celebrate first. We can celebrate miracles, but without that cross, those miracles don't last. We can celebrate feeding the poor, but without that cross, those poor are still gonna die and be lost in eternity. Are you understanding this? We can celebrate all kinds of things, but without that cross, it all ends, it all dies, it all comes to nothing. That cross changed everything. And I pray over the next two weeks that God would give us a revelation of the cross of Jesus Christ. And faith would rise in our heart as we sit and we consider and we take a minute and take a breath and we pause and we say, God, when I look at the cross, help me look at it and talk to me about it. Talk to me personally about why that matters to me. And so I wanna give you three things today that I think are important. You know, the value of the cross and the power of that cross is stated in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. The Bible says this, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed to destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. To some people, it just seems like foolishness. Why would some guy dying years, 2,000 years ago matter to you today? But according to the word of God, this message of the cross is the very power of God. Amen? Before I get into the, the three things that I want us to see today, I'm just trying to build value again to this idea of the cross. On your notes, would you draw a cross on your notes in your notebook, please? I want you just to see one more time the importance of this moment, and then we'll get into the three things I want you to see today. Draw a cross, and if you could, I don't have like lines in the natural to give you, but could you draw like two lines that would kind of come to a V into the cross like this on this side? like two lines. So kind of like, maybe this is the best way to do it. Like that, can you do that? Is that okay? And then on the other side of the cross, I want you to draw two more lines that go like this. Here's what I want you to see. Throughout human history, let's talk about the value of the cross real quick, the power of God. Throughout human history, from Adam and Eve to the cross, do you realize everything God was doing was driving to this moment of the cross? Can you see that, that funnel? That, that's why I want you to draw that V. From Adam and Eve to the ark, like with Noah and rescuing Noah's family, to coming to Abraham and making a covenant with Abraham, and Abraham having a covenant with a seed that would be born, that would bless all people and all men. From Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve sinned and God immediately in their sin told Eve that the seed of the woman that she would have, there would be a seed that would come into the earth that would crush the head of the devil. Do you understand everything from the creation of man, the fall of man, actually even before creation, because Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. Do you understand that everything from the beginning to the cross was focusing in on that cross? 
from Abraham to, to Moses, you know, bringing the people of Israel out of Egypt. And there were all these patterns to kind of point to the cross and what was be known as the Passover. And then they would, God taught them how to sacrifice a lamb in replacement for their sin. And everything was driving towards the cross. Even the selection of a nation, Israel, it was driving towards the cross so that the Messiah could come, so that the Lamb of God could come through a people, the, 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 the Jewish people, uh, the Israelite nation, that the Lamb of God could come so he could take away the sins of the whole world. I want us to see that timeline, everything driving to the cross. And then since the cross, thinking about the power of God and the value of the cross since the cross, that other like expanding now timeline, starting from the cross, do you realize everything in the eternal future has now been changed and affected because of this cross? Can you see that? It is the most important moment in the history and the timeline of the earth. Like the way God will relate to any human being has completely changed because of this moment. Every human being that will ever be born from this moment now has access to God himself, the God of the universe. They can go boldly into his throne of grace to find help. They couldn't do that before. Everything changed after this cross. And the preaching of that cross changes everything. Come on now. That is powerful. That's why I'm saying we can't just blow by it and be like, oh, it's Easter. Oh, it's a cross. It's on a t-shirt. It's on a necklace. Everything in the timeline of human history was driving towards the cross. And since the cross, everything in the future has been changed and affected because of the cross. That is not a little deal. The cross of Jesus Christ. That's why Paul said, that I will not glory in anything except the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the very power of God. So when I pull up a chair and I sit and I consider the cross, the first thing I see, please write this down. When I look at the cross, I see. The first thing I see when I take time and I consider and I ponder the cross is this, the cost of sin the cost of sin. <sighs> when I look at the cross, I see the cost of sin. We don't realize the sinfulness of sin until we see the cross. We can call sin mistakes, slip-ups, error, and all that's true. We miss the mark. But you know, the weight of it doesn't really hit us until we see the price of it. Do you hear that? When I look at the cross, I see the cost of my sin. Sin costs the highest and holiest God to leave his throne, put on flesh, be born of a virgin, be rejected by mankind, face torture and abuse, die a sinner's death, and finally go to hell and back. And you say, that's what my sin cost? Yeah, that's what our sin costs. It costs 
the blood of God. Can you just let that for a moment settle there? In a culture that doesn't even want to talk about sin or the existence of sin and sin is real. If it wasn't real, Jesus wouldn't have had to come. Come on. He's the Lamb of God that doesn't take away the mistakes, the slip-ups, the error. Are you seeing this? He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, the sin of the world. And if I don't believe sin exists anymore, then I don't know I need that Savior. Or if I minimize sin, then I minimize its cost. Are you hearing me? The cross is where we awaken to the sinfulness of sin, and it is where we are freed from it. That's why it's important to sometimes stop and look at this cross. It's in looking at the cross that I awaken to the sinfulness of sin. It's darkness, it's, a, it's power, it's price. What do I love about this cross is it's not just, it doesn't point a finger at me and say, look at you, you dirty sinner. It's where I'm awakened to my sin, but it's also the place of which I am forgiven of that sin. I am freed from that sin. Amen? But have you ever thought about the price and cost of our sin? That it costs God himself coming and dying in your place? That's a big deal. He moved out of heaven. He stepped up off that throne. He put on flesh. That's a big plan because we had a big problem. Amen? The cross is where we awaken to the sinfulness of our sin, and it is where we are freed from it. You might ask the question, Pastor Kevin, doesn't the law, the Old Testament law, teach us about sin? Yes, the law teaches us about the existence of sin, but the cross shows us the price of it. Do you hear me? Amen. When I look at the cross, number two, when I look at the cross, I see myself. When I look at the cross, I see myself. When I look at the cross first, I see the cost of sin. Number two, what I want you to hear today is when I look at the cross and when I ponder the cross, it's important that you see yourself. Let me give you an example. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. I love that. I was crucified with Christ. I'm going to try to step on this. I was crucified with Christ. That old sinful self, that part of me that was under the oppression of the devil, that part of me that was addicted to sin and dominated by sin and ruled by sin, but now sin no longer has dominion over me. Now the devil has no more claws or hooks or ownership or authority in me. Why? Because I died. I died. 
with him on that cross. So when the devil says, wait a minute, I still have rights over you, say, no, no, who you were married to, devil, died. The covenant you had with sin and with the devil, you died with Christ on the cross. It's important that we see ourselves dying with him on the cross. That's a big deal. My old self has been crucified. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. That also tells me that my, my leading my own life or my own rule over my life, I live my life in him. He is the Lord of my life. The devil doesn't lead my life. He is not my God and I am not my God. I have died with Christ. He is my Lord and Savior. He is my God. Amen. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21. On that cross, the Bible says, he became our sin. He became my sin, your sin. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21, he, God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The word righteousness means in right standing with God, in right relationship with God. But it's important, again, that we see that Jesus on the cross, we were crucified, put to death, received judgment, received the judgment we deserved in Jesus on the cross. When I look at the cross, I see myself not just Jesus, but the judgment that you deserve, God placed on Jesus on the cross and you are in him on the cross. God made him to be sin, him who knew no sin. Whose sin did he become? Ours. And then the fire of God's judgment was poured out completely upon that sacrifice on the cross. See, in the Old Testament, the fire of God's judgment used to consume the lamb. In Jesus, the lamb consumed all the fire. So there's no more fire, judgment, condemnation left because Jesus' sacrifice was big enough to receive all of it for all of mankind, for you and for me. And it was all done on that cross. Remember, this isn't just some guy dying on a cross. All of human history was leading to this moment. All of eternity has now been changed because of this moment. On that cross, he became sin, our sin. We died with him on that cross. Are you tracking with me? I really hope so because I want you to see the beauty in this. I want you to see what really happened on this cross called Calvary, on this moment of time that you died with him on that cross. And it's no longer the old you that lives. It is Christ in you that lives, amen. You are in him, he is in you. When I look at the cross, it's important to see my sin upon that cross, my debt being paid 
on that cross. Why? Because the devil will come to you and he will try to shame you. He will try to point at you and say, what about your sin? And if you're not, if you don't have this understanding, you're going to try to qualify yourself by your good works, your good behavior, trying to defend yourself. We have no defense about our sin. The only defense we have is that my sin was placed on him on the cross. The judgment that was de I deserve was poured out upon him, and so there's no more judgment for me. And it's all because I can see myself, I can see my sin being judged, being condemned, the payment being made all on that cross. You see, if I don't see myself, <laughs> the Lord really wants you to get that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just shocked myself on that. I, I want to, <laughs> yes, Lord, your servant hears. But hear me, if you just see Jesus on that cross and not yourself, you're going to think the transaction was just between God and Jesus. But when you see yourself there, you'll realize that the transaction was between God and Jesus, but it was because of you. You're in that transaction. It's not just something between God and Jesus. It's something between you and God because of Jesus. Do you see this? You can look at it like a historical moment. Jesus died on the cross, but Jesus didn't just die on that cross. You died on that cross. Your sin died on that cross. The devil's rights over you died on that cross. Your judgment died on that cross. Are you hearing me? It's not just between God and Jesus. It's you in Jesus. Amen. When the devil tries to remind you of your sin, you can point to the cross and you can see your sin being judged and paid in full. There is no more discussion about it. There is no more fear of future judgment because it was already judged at that cross in Jesus. Many of us struggle not because we see Jesus on the cross, but because we fail to see ourselves in him on that cross. We think it's separate from us. Our sin, our weakness, our captivity to the devil, our marriage to the law, all died on the cross. I have died to sin. I've died to this life. I've died to the devil, and I am alive in Christ. Third thing I want you to see today when I look at the cross. When I look at the cross, number one, it's the price of our sin, the cost of our sin. Number two, when I look at the cross, I see myself. Number three, when I look at the cross, I see the love of God. I see the love of God. I think it's, to re it's important to remember something. I think it's important to remember who put Jesus on that cross. If you're not careful, you're going to think the Romans put Jesus on the cross. The Romans put Jesus on the cross. They, they drove nails into his hands and into his feet. Rome put Jesus on the cross. Or you might say the Jewish nation of that time, the, the Jews in Jerusalem in that time, they put Jesus on that cross. And we might even say, I put Jesus on that cross, or my sin put Jesus on that cross. Biblically speaking, I want us to realize who put Jesus on the cross. You ready? It was God the Father. 
And I think if we forget that, we think somehow the devil put him on there. He got in, he's, he, he, he got a punch in or something, you know, he defeated Jesus. He thought he defeated Jesus on that cross or whatever. Maybe he did. Maybe he did think it was him. You know, the devil didn't know the wisdom of God. If he would have known, he would never have crucified the Lord of glory. So the devil was even thinking he did it, but he didn't. The devil didn't put Jesus on that cross. Not at its core, not at its root. Yes, Rome was used. Yes, human beings were a part of it. But there's something very powerful to remember that the, the one that put Jesus on that cross was the Father. The Father put his only begotten and his beloved Son on that cross because of his love for you and his love for me. And it was in the wisdom of God, it was the only way to defeat this sin problem, to pay this sin debt, to crush the devil's head forever. In the wisdom of God, it came from the wisdom of God, not from the will of human. Are you understanding this? Isaiah chapter 53, verse 10. It was the Lord's good plan to crush him. Talking about Jesus. It was the Lord's good plan. Not the devil's plan, not Rome's plan, not the Jews of the day's plan. Are you hearing me? It was the Lord's good plan to crush him, Jesus, and cause him grief. We can't forget that. Yet when his life was made an offering, when Jesus' life was made an offering, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. The Lord's good plan. When I look at the cross, I see the love of God, that God would take his only son, that God would take his beloved son, and he would say, you must be the substitution. You must be the lamb. You must pay the price so that I can have relationship and I can have all of my children back. That the cross came from the mind of God, came from the heart of the Father. Acts chapter 2 verse 23 says, but God knew what would happen. God knew what would happen. And his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. God put Jesus on that cross willingly. Christ died because God decreed it, not because the Romans used nails. Are you understanding? And Christ's love for the Father and his love for you kept him on that cross. You think those nails kept him on the cross? <laughs> no way. Those, those nails weren't strong enough to keep God on that cross. He could have called angels down. He could have gotten off that cross. God's love for you, Jesus' love for the Father, and their love for us, not only put Jesus on that cross, but you know it kept Jesus on that cross until all the judgment that was due mankind was poured out. And Jesus, when he said, it is finished, he had finished consuming all of the judgment, all of the condemnation. 
Amen? I want us to remember Jesus did not die to make God love us. He died because God loved us. Jesus did not die to make God love us. He died because God loved us. Remember what I said? When I look at the cross, I see God's love. The reason Jesus ever made it to that cross was because God loved us. Who are we? Book of Psalms chapter 8 says, What is man that you are mindful of him? Like, who are we? Why is God interested in us? Why does God care this much? Why would God get up off his throne? Do you know, we don't add anything or take anything away. Whether or not we exist or not doesn't make God more or less God. He is complete. But he has chosen to love us. And when we fell and we were lost, he chose to come after us. And not only come after us, he chose to be the one that died in our place, that took all the suffering, that took all the pain. Who are we? John chapter 3, 16 and 17. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God loves us. God's love caused him to give Jesus. God's love caused him to come. And he knew when he came, his assignment was to die on that cross. Romans 5.8, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Remember, Jesus did not die to make God love us. God loved us while we were still sinners. He died for us because he loved us. And I love this line from Jesus, John chapter 10, verse 18. Remember what I said, the Romans didn't put Jesus on the cross. The Jews of the time didn't put Jesus on the cross. The devil didn't put Jesus on the cross. Here's what Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 18. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. I mean, I could scream, I could shout this message into you, but my friends, I want the weight of this to hit us today. I want our heart to go, wow. When I look at the cross, I see God's love for me. No one took Jesus and caused him or made him die on that cross. He said, I sacrifice my life voluntarily. I have the authority to lay it down when I want to. And I also have the authority to take it up. For this is what my Father has commanded. Can you just celebrate Jesus just for a minute? Go ahead, give God praise for that, would you? That's why I don't want to just blow through this Easter season. That's why everyone we know needs to come and hear about the cross and about the resurrection and also about the ascension. We're going to talk about the ascension on Easter. This is the most powerful moment in history. And again, we just wear it on our neck, put it on a tattoo, wear it on a shirt. It fades into the background of our life. It's so common. It just, the power of it, 
Paul said, I'm not going to glory in anything or boast in anything except the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. When I look at the cross, I see, I see the price of my sin. My sin is a really big deal. It cost the blood of God, the, 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 the life of God, putting on flesh and coming and doing all this. Like, that's a big deal. It's not a little thing. It's not just a mistake or a misstep. It's a big deal. When I look at the cross, I see myself, that it wasn't just Jesus dying there, but the old me died there. The bondages, the, the old self, and now this life I live, I live in, by faith in the Son of God. And then lastly, when I look at the cross, I see God's love. I think that's a big deal. You know, we kind of just think angry people put Jesus on the cross and we forget that Jesus said, no one takes my life. I lay it down willfully. Jesus yielded himself. Jesus placed himself. God, the Father, placed his son on that cross to be the substitution, to be the payment, to take on all of the sin, to take on all of the darkness, all of the curse of the law, all of what the devil had in store to take it on. And it was God who put Jesus there. And he did it because of his great love for you. And Jesus said, okay, because of his love for the Father and his love for you. Do you see how much God loves us? How much God loves you? Amen? And please don't separate Jesus from God either. To say that God, you know, just sent Jesus. Jesus is God. The three are one. So God not only proclaimed it, God not only caused it, but then God got on that cross and did it. How does all that work together? We'll have to ask him when we get there. But you understand, like, it wasn't as if God just delegated it. God was in Christ, is Christ. You see what I'm saying? So God decreed it and God fulfilled it. God accomplished it. God loves you. God loves us. When I look at the cross, I see. You know, before I looked at the cross, I was blind. Now that I looked at the cross, I can see. Would you stand? Go ahead and stand. Let's close in a word of prayer. Let me pray this into your heart. Heavenly Father, right now I come to you in the wonderful name of Jesus. And I pray over the next couple weeks as we look at the cross and we see different things that you would help us to see, most importantly, your love for us. And also see that our sin and our judgment has been paid for so that we can live free and we can live the life you paid for us to live. God, I pray for Calvary. I pray for this church. I pray for those watching at home online. That God, you'd give us a revelation of the cross of Jesus Christ. And that, Lord, we would feel the love of God. We would start walking in the freedom that that cross provided. God, I thank you that it, this message is the power of God. And I pray for this powerful message to set people free today. Lord, if there's been guilt, condemnation, the devil just keeps beating them up or holding them back, I pray that the message of this cross gives them such freedom right now. 
that they, the devil has no authority over them, that their sin and their guilt and their shame has been paid for. It was in Jesus on that cross, and they accept it by faith. They accept their innocence. They accept their freedom. They accept forgiveness by faith that you paid for it on that cross. And today they walk with their heart full of love, their heart full of freedom and gratefulness. God, I pray I think more than anything is Calvary as we go through the next few weeks. May our hearts just grow in overwhelming awe and love for your love for us for your thoughtfulness towards us, for your sacrifice for us. God, may we be a people that are grateful and that have eyes that see and ears that hear, and we're just overwhelmed by the goodness and the love that you have for us, human beings. Why do you love us this much? Why are you so engaged in our lives? You just have chosen to, and we are amazed. That's why our hands go up in worship. That's why we gather. That's why we drop to our knees. That's why we give. That's why we love. That's why we share. We are overwhelmed by the goodness and the mercy and the kindness and the love of God. We give you praise and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I dismiss you, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible tells us that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us need a savior. And the wages and penalty of that sin is death, separation from God, even hell. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. The Bible goes on to say that all, say all, who will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Have you ever called on the Lord Jesus to save you? Have you ever asked him to be your Lord and Savior? If not, we want to help you do that today. Or you might say you used to have a relationship with the Lord, but somehow, some way along the line, you've walked away. You got distracted. You just, your heart grew cold. And today you'd like to start fresh. You'd like to start new. If that's you today, we want to pray for you too. I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you want to call on the Lord to be your Savior for the first time or if you want to call on Him to renew your faith. Would you all bow your heads and close your eyes for the next 30 seconds? We're going to pray right at your seat. Today, if you need to get right with Jesus for one reason or another, when I count to three, just simply raise your hand. Ready? One, two, three. Would you please place your hand in the air? There's a hand right there. Anybody else? Just put your hand up. Second hand in the back, I see you. Third hand back there. Making my way around. Fourth hand right here. Praise God. Anybody else? Just put it up high so we can see it. Six. Thank you. See that? Anybody else? Coming around. Seven. Wonderful. Anybody else today? Eight. Anyone else? You know, I may not have seen your hand, but Jesus has. Would you all pray this prayer with me so no one's praying by themselves? Repeat this after me. Dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize I've sinned and I've walked away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me and that he rose again. Please forgive me of my sins. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take every part of me now. 
Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you celebrate those eight? Welcome home. Welcome home. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.